welcome to the Scottish Women's Football Podcast from Leading the Line, and it's a Scottish Cup final special. I'm your host, Chris Marshall, and joining me once again is Mr Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing, Campbell? Yeah, not bad at all, Chris, thank you. Excellent. Do you enjoy your trip over to Cyprus for the Scotland game? Yeah, I did indeed. A lot warmer than it is over here, so that's always a plus, but back to the grind in the cold weather now. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that this week. Uh, we're, we're not going to focus too much on the SWPL uh, this week, purely because it's finished, the season is over. Um, there was kind of one significant event that I will talk about because I was there. But then the primary focus is going to be on the Scottish Cup final, which takes place this Sunday. But let's take a few steps back and go to last Sunday. And as well as Glasgow City, obviously uh, getting their trophy moment after defeating Motherwell 9-0. The real focus of attention was in SWPL2, where Hearts and Hampton Academical were both in position to potentially win the title. Um, Hearts were playing at Tynecastle. I was there. Um, Hearts did a really good job of promoting game throughout the weekend. I think that really bore out come game day. A, a crowd of over 1,000. 1,050. There's been a bit of debate about 1,045, 1,050. 1,050 was the number I got told, so I'm going to just keep running with that. Um, but a really good atmosphere. They had flag bearers. They had um, people on halftime doing games. It was, it was really good, um, which is good because at halftime, the game wasn't up to much. Uh, if I'm being honest, Campbell, have you seen any of the highlights of this one actually before I, I delve too too much into it? I have indeed, right. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, part, Hearts started it quickly for the first couple of minutes and then it got it turned into a very typical game involving Partick This one, I mean that as a compliment because it, it got really tight. Uh, Partick This one maybe had the best couple of chances early on, but it was kind of long-range efforts, so Alon Christie uh, in particular, but uh, Emily, Much, Emily Much dealt with them pretty easily, but Hearts then got a goal, kind of as a result of an error to prepare for OSU, but it was Rachel Walkinshaw again, a player who has had a really significant impact in this run-in, um, who capitalised on an error by um, part of this goalkeeper, Nicole Andrew, who had a bit of a struggling injury situation, um, bless you, and uh, uh, she managed to pick it up in the edge area and dink it over to give Hearts a win, and I think that kind of relieved the pressure a little bit. But it was still pretty hard going. At halftime 1-0, it wasn't a great spectacle, but it was a, another case of Hearts getting the job done. Second half, very much the same, but then Danny McGinley popped up to score a second, and then she got a third towards the end. So Hearts got the, the win they needed. They only did a point to claim the title. They got the win they needed, 3-0. And obviously that promoted uh, mass scenes, players running at the pitch, and your usual champagne flying um, antics that happen at full time. Campbell, from what you saw of the game, um, I, I think obviously it was the goal highlights from Hearts that have gone out as well, so it would have looked quite one-sided, but Hearts did the job in the end. We, we said they probably would. Um, Aki's lost 1-0 to Kilmarnock, at Lisa Swanson scoring that goal. Um, lots of highlights this weekend as well, so if you haven't seen them yet, they're all on the leading line Twitter feed. Um, but Hearts got the job done in the end. Probably over the course of the season, tables don't lie, and the other team going up. Yeah, I mean, obviously both Hearts and Hamilton have pretty much been there from the start, and obviously... They've both lacked a wee bit of consistency, but I've just had that bit more than the rest of the league um, throughout the season. And obviously, as we're saying, Thistle went in great form into the game and Hearts can took full advantage of that. They have looked a wee bit nervous, as you were saying, at the game, but in the first goal kind of settled them and overall deserved it at the weekend. And Wiaki's forward and deserved to win the title as well. So I don't think the team's going to have too many complaints and I'm sure Hearts will do well in SWPL1 next season. How well do you think they will do? Because that, that was having my next question. So in terms of say eighteen table, they're replacing Stirling University in that that league. What do you think? What do you think is a realistic ambition for Hearts next season? Um, I did send the prediction the other day, and I have no idea where I placed them again. But I think they'll be they'll be amongst that crowd. They won't quite be at the same level, obviously as your City Hibs and Celtic. Now they'll be ahead 
but I don't think they'll be dragged into too much of a relegation battle like there was this year before for in the Sterling. So probably sort of in the similar sort of mode to Spartans and Motherwell, kind of hope to chase Rangers, but also Rangers improving as well. Be tough. I think they'll be they'll be easily be able to sort of fit into that kind of mid-table place and hopefully pick up some short wins along the way as well. But I don't think they'll have any problems coming straight back down again. Yeah, I mean, the impression I got at full-time is that, um, that Hearts are going up not with the intention of just surviving. They're going up with that with the mood to thrive. That's a bit of a, a cliche, that. But yeah, that, that seems definitely the, the, the kind of mode and for next season in terms of they're not going up to make up the numbers, they're going up to have an impact. And I think, from what I've heard and seen, and obviously the changes that are going to be coming over the coming weeks, I think it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on what's, what's going on at Hearts. But uh, we, I, I personally, obviously, we had a, I had a, a bit of concern about the coverage of one of the games earlier in the season, but on Sunday, it was uh, fantastic and they deserve full credit for what they did. And, I'm really interested to see how they evolve because they have been getting good crowds from time to time at Orion as well. So, yeah, really good day. Um, uh, quite nice to see a, a League Cup presentation in, in full flow as well. And I, if anybody follows me on Twitter knows, I really appreciated the tunes. Good banging tunes on Sunday. But yeah, Hamilton, um, Hamilton finished second. Unfortunately, no playoffs this season. But um, I think they'll be in a strong position in terms of next season. In terms of SWPL season as whole, Campbell, I think we'll probably do a, a bigger pod maybe in a, a week or so's time once all the dust has settled in the finals and awards and stuff like that. But in terms of the SWPL season, what's your, what's your immediate thoughts about it as a whole? I think it's been pretty good. We've had enough competition at the bottom of the, kind of top and bottom of all leagues, maybe apart from the bottom of SWPL too, but I think competition's been pretty good this season. Yeah, I mean, SWPL one, obviously, glad you said you've really improved and been the best team by a mile in the end. Hibs have also given them problems in the Cups. Uh, getting to the bottom of Sunday's game but they beat him in the other cup final and Celtic have improved as well they cut their gap on Hibs this season um, Rangers, Spartans and Motherwell were all the three of them were close right to the end of the season obviously Forth and Sterling were clearly the weakest two teams but again it came down to pretty late on with them obviously that game uh, Oko view that Forth for one pretty much keep themselves up made the difference um, then just seeing again the top SWPL2 that has pretty much been Hearts and Hamilton the full way but Obviously, you mentioned like Spartak Thistle. Gun United actually ended up third class of girls. A lot of these teams have caused a lot of bother. And just everyone pretty much bar Hatchavela in that league has beaten everyone else as well. So it's, it's been a very entertaining season. Hopefully, get more of that again next year, especially obviously the addition of the playoffs as well as um, the two teams coming up to make it a 10 team SWPL2 next season. Yeah, my, my suspicion is that the leagues will be even as competitive, if not even more so next season. So it'll be, it'll be good to see how they pan out over the course of the, the winter months before it comes back. But you've mentioned the Campbell, so let's, let's get to it. Um, congratulations to Hearts, obviously, first of all. But let's talk about it. Scottish Cup final this Sunday, 24th of November at Tynecastle. Um, I feel like I've been half living in Tynecastle this week, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, yeah, back over there for Sunday for the final game of the season. Glasgow City against Hibernian in the Scottish Cup final. Before we talk about what's going over, happened over the course of the season and make some predictions about what's going to happen in the game, what's your thoughts about Glasgow City Benyon final? It's a, it's a good way to round off the season. Yeah, obviously it's the top two teams in the country, as we know. Uh, again, they got the final of the other League Cup as well. It wasn't a great spectacle through Nairdre, but hopefully another big crowd at the time, so we can get a good game. Hopefully um, City always seem to have the edge in the league. Whereas in the Cup, Hibs seem to have something there. So it's an intriguing game and one that I think if you had to pick the two teams, they're probably the two we'd want to see in the final. So it'll be a good one from a neutral point of view as well. I'm just hoping we get a good spectacle to end the season. Yeah, I mean, they have been the two biggest teams in Scotland over the last 
The last few seasons, I mean, the only the last team to win the Scottish Cup that hasn't been Glasgow City Hibernian is uh, FC Kilmarnock, who won it in 2002. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a cup that a cup they've dominated. And obviously, Glasgow City have been dominating the league as well. So, yeah, they, they played each other four times this season, uh, three times in the league and once in the SWPL Cup final back in May. Uh, started the season in March. Uh, Pibs at home to Glasgow City. It was the Alba game. Glasgow City won 1-0. Leanne Creighton header being the difference. They then played in the SWPL Cup final. Finished now now went to extra time penalties. Jenna Fife a hero um, as Hibs won in penalties 4-2. And then on the season return in August, Glasgow City won 2-1 at uh, Petersell Park before they won 3-1 away to away at Ainsley Park uh, back at uh, back in October. Um, three wins in the league. Campbell suggests a pretty dominant dominant run for City, but I've been watching those highlights back. I've watched them back three times now because I'm hoping to get something else out before the end of the week. Um, it's not a case of there's three comfortable wins for Glasgow City by any means. No, I mean, I've, I've been at three of those four games and they've all been fairly tight. I mean, the first one, as you mentioned, Ainsley Park was, wasn't great. It was obviously that late header for Crichton for winning 1-0 there for City. And then the second one, just after the summer break, where at the first half, City really did dominate it and it could have been more than two, but in the second half, Hibs came back and ended up, we're lucky not to get a draw out of the thing. And then, as we say, the SWPL Cup final, it wasn't great at all. But um, I don't know whether helped in that game either. Expecting another tight game on Sunday, but hopefully one that both teams can go and really show us what they can do. It's not too cagey, but it's certainly, I don't think it'll be one-way traffic by any means. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's rewind back to the SWPL Cup final, because I think that's probably the most comparative point. Um, and I think the best way to describe that game, Campbell, and I'll, I'll let you give your take on it as well, is it was competitive and an interesting watch, but wasn't necessarily a spectacle for... For a fan, obviously it finished nil nil. There wasn't a ton of chances about, but it was a tough game. Do you expect in a game like that, or the last couple of games have been a bit more open? Do you see something maybe where one of the sides will try and get an early goal with the hope of making it a bit more of an expansive and entertaining game? Obviously, with the caveat that at the end of the day they'll just care about getting a result. I think the fact they're playing again in one of these bigger pitches, Tynecastle uh, is a big stadium, kind of things like it's a lot more open. But as we saw, maybe even playing at Airdrie slightly bigger than. Uh, Peter's Hill and Ainsley Park it, it didn't really make pretty great for the game um, hopefully they'll both go for it I don't think it'll be too open I think um, even the 3-1 game that you mentioned there was pretty tight really and then 3-1 seemed a bit harsh on Ib so I, I think it will be a close game it wouldn't surprise me to see it go the way through extra time with penalties but I just hope it's a lot more enjoyable to watch for people than the last two televised games because I know a lot of folk that have, don't normally watch women's football that have watched the 1-0 game and the 0-0 game and they weren't too impressed. Just, just hopefully it'll be a bit more open. But I can see both teams being fairly kind of cagey at start, not going to give anything away. I don't see either side being too attacking early on. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a hard one to pitch because it's not in case of the the quality of the football is not particularly great. It's the fact that it's just so competitive and the, the 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 stakes are very high. And I think if you're probably trying to attract newer fans, you're you're looking at a goal fest. Children in the stands they react to goals. Um, but as I said, it just depends what you go into a game of football looking for. I, personally, I think it's, it's going to be. A, I think it'll be a good game. It'll, it'll be fascinating for us to watch. Obviously, we kind of live and breathe it a little bit over the last eight months. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how both teams line up, Campbell. And with that in mind, I dropped you a wee message before we recorded this podcast this week, and I thought what would be good to do is uh, there's been a bit of changes over the, in both squads over the, the last uh, eight months, and I thought we would have a go at predicting what we think the, the start 11 be, who, who we would put in the start 11 for Sunday with a view of 
helping our side to win the game. Um, so I've given me, uh, I asked you, could I give you a choice and you went for Glasgow City? Uh, I've picked a Bernian. So Campbell, can you give me your Glasgow City lineup first of all, please? Um, I think goal's a tough one, really, because obviously Lee Alexander has been the number one for City through most of the season. But in the, in the Scottish Cup, three or four games, barring the, the quarterfinal, so Aaron Clacker just started in goal. The last game of the league season, the other day there, it was Aaron Clacker that started. So whether that means Scott Booth has just been wrestling Alexander and she'll be in goal on Sunday, possibly. I've went for Lee Alexander. I just think her experience in such a big game and a cup that City are wanting to sort of reclaim again. Could she might well start there? Um, again, you, you look at the fullbacks. It's likely going to be Rachel McLaughlin and Nicola Doherty. They are the main two. There, you can't really see much change. And then it was the centre back was my another one I was looking at. Whether Scott Booth goes for the youth and the sort of straight centre back pairing of uh, Kyle Jarosoli and Jenna Clark, but or whether he wants experience. I think he's going to go with experience. So I've gone for uh, Leanne Ross alongside Jenna Clark. It's a back forward Rachel McLaughlin, Leanne Ross, Jenna Clark, and Nicola Doherty. Leaves you whether City going forward a lot of time it looks like a four four two, then a four three three. There's a lot of interchanging. So I've gone for a four in this case, but as we say that will kind of move of Sam Kerr, uh, Joe Love, Leanne Clayton and Haley Lauder with a front two <coughs> two goal scorers there, obviously, of Claire Shine and Kirsty Hewitt. Cool. Uh, I think your your debate about the Erin Clackersley Alexander who plays in goals is a good one because obviously Erin's uh, been Scott uh, Scott Bruce kind of cup goalkeeper for the last couple of seasons now, but um, she was playing in the Celtic game and maybe didn't have her her greatest game, and it's going to be a big pressure occasion. I think it'll be interesting to see whether she she maintains that, but she did play in the SWPL Cup final, so I I think the goalkeeper is definitely an interesting one. I think your point about centre defence as well. Um, we've talked about a few times. Jenna Clark has been pushed up the field a little bit. Could you see a situation where maybe she gets moved up? Or, and what do you see happening if maybe Glasgow City need to chase the game at any point? What kind of reinforcements do you think you may, they may go to from the bench? I do think it's the sort of game uh, Scott Booth will start it in. I think he likes a sort of experience against Hibs with the likes of Joe Lovely and Crichton in the, mid, the middle of the field. So I think he'll probably stay there. But I can see Jenna Clark starting at the back, as I say. Um, in terms of chasing the game, obviously they'll, they'll hope that's not the case. And then... Sometimes you can push the likes of Hayley Lauder forward, even put Rachel McLaughlin further forward as he's done. Um, he did that against Brown, but he's done that in a few games where he's played her further forward and dropped some others back. Um, Jenna Clark can go to midfield as well, as you've said there, yeah. but I think with the likes of Jamie Lee Napier obviously attacking the city defence, her height could come in handy there as well at the back. So it's, it's a tough one, obviously, but it all really depends on how the game's going. And for City, they hope they don't have to chase much at all. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think probably the other player to think about is uh, Jordan McClintock, who started in the SWPL Cup final and has come on and scored a couple of goals. And Hayley Sinclair, who, I, I mean, Campbell, she's had a good second half of the season, but I think maybe she's gone under the radar a little bit because sometimes the goals she scores aren't necessarily the ones you, you know about or you know, get wider coverage. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously scored that great goal against Motherwell that you've seen getting put around a lot of the time um, on the night where they sealed the title but uh, yeah she had a good season obviously coming in for Rangers it's tough to break into that midfield some of the names were mentioned there Scotland Internationals obviously playing the Champions League for City for a few years as well so it has been hard but both her and John McClintock when they've come on they've taken their chances and they've both been, they've both been impressive to watch when you've seen City this season coming off the bench and also we spoke with Scott Booth throughout the season and he himself he knows the quality they've got and they could be two good options off the bench whether they want to start them or not I'm not sure I think they will probably go for that experience route, but 
there's definitely two players in there that can cause bother, as you say that we know they have done. Yeah, so I, um, I, I was picking the Hibs 11, and Hibs have, um, I think Hibs have, but maybe the personnel is quite straightforward, but maybe how the, the, the how they play is maybe the, the thing to look at, because it's shifted between a 4-4-2, a 4-4-1-1, and a, a 3-5-2, I mean, it's quite fluid for Hibs, I think that's due to the style of play, they obviously like to play passing football and they play it out from the back quite a lot and a lot of the play goes through through the middle in particular Rachel Boyle so I've got Jenna Fife in goal and I think she's been really key in the games against Glasgow City so far this season and she is undoubtedly their number one um, she has made tons of saves and um, she also has a, a save the season nomination as well against Glasgow City um, so I think she's definitely one to, to lock in as goalkeeper uh, at the back I've gone for a five technically it could be a three as well I've gone um, with Siobhan Hunter, Joel Murray and Ellis Notley playing as a three. And then you've got either side, Amy Muir and Kaylin Michie. And then in midfield, you've got Chelsea Cornet, Rachel Boyle, Amy Gallagher and Colette Kavanagh. And I've got my one up front and Jamie Lee Napier. But the, the fluidity in my head would be coming from um, Muir and Michie playing as wingbacks. I think you'd also have Amy Gallagher playing a little bit closer to Jamie Lee Napier. She has scored a number of goals running into the box, um, providing support. And also Jamie Lee has... Maybe by default, Campbell, I'd like to get your take on that, has become Hibbs' main striker over the course of the season, where maybe that's not necessarily her natural position. Um, well, obviously, we've seen her before she started as a fullback when she was at Hibbs, and then obviously we've seen her in that SWPL Cup game where in the first 20 minutes we clocked her in about five different positions. So she's certainly been... She's got that sort of free roam, but 15 goals in the league for Hibbs this season. She's been their top scorer, and she just seems to be... Better, I feel, almost going forward. She's got the pace to annoy defenders. She knows where the net is as well. And I think, really, going forward, could well be her best place, uh, her best position, sorry, and playing out there. She's going to cause bother for that uh, Glasgow City defence. I mean, yeah, I think her cracking probably is her best place, but she can definitely work all over the park and sort of obviously winning the player of the month in October there. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this a lot in the podcast. I'm a, a big Rachel Boyle, Mark, but I think she, how much space she gets, and I think her her contest with Leanne Crichton in the middle will be a really interesting one to kind of watch over the course of the game because I think Leanne Crichton has been very good. I think maybe because she is so experienced, she's been around in, in Scottish football for so long, that maybe sometimes is oversaw a little bit in a domestic sense. Um, but I think the other player to look out for is, is Colette Kavanagh Campbell and because she has that little bit of magic in her boots as well that she has shown on a number of occasions and another player actually has a, a goal this season um, contender uh, uh, in terms of um, potentially winning the award, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not her, whether she is faced up against Rachel Lockett or Nick Dockett, whether she can do enough to get the better of two very good players uh, in that respect. Yeah, she's been whatever she's found the this season. It has been through pretty much a cracking goal. You mentioned the goal of the season against Hearts. She's got a belter as well in the Champions League, and then obviously scored the goal in the semi-final here. So she's certainly a player that can cause bother. Um, Nicola Doherty obviously loves to get forward for City and again, I say this often and it doesn't always prove to be the case but going forward there's definitely that chance that there could be space to sort of um, take advantage of there for Kavanagh. So there's certainly, she'll certainly be a player that can go in there and cause bother and if Jamie Napier is doing a lot of these runs by saying the dragon plays out of position that could also prove very uh, useful for Kavanagh to find these gaps as well and I'm sure given the ball, given the chance we know what she can do uh, so there's every chance that she could also find the net if given, given the opportunity. Yeah, I, I think a couple of names from the Hibs' bench that might be are Shannon Leishman and um, 
Shannon McGregor. Shannon McGregor's obviously been there for a couple of seasons. Shannon Leishman made a step up from the developmental side, but she's come on and made an impact a couple of times. It's a big game, but um, I've been impressed with her when she's come on. She, she definitely does offer something, but I think the Hibs team is very much a, a core of that starting lineup and how Grant's got decides to manipulate that to fit, fit the circumstance. With players like Muriel um, Miki playing that wing back, he could easily go to a four, um, maybe let's not let out to full back and maybe move. Probably maybe you're up into midfield and go go with two up top with maybe Gallagher joining Napier, but neither of us are professional coaches. Let's be honest, Campbell. Um, I once <laughs> got I once got Action Stanley to the Premier League and, and football manager. That's probably as as good as credentials as I can claim to have. So uh, this is just purely what we are speculating on and what what we'd like to see and what what might work given some of the the, the games that have happened so far today. Um, the game itself, Campbell. Uh, Given given the two sides that we've picked, who do you think is going to come out on top? Let's get the let's get the prediction done first, and then we'll maybe talk about the the match day itself. A strange game to predict. I think it will be tight, and as much as obviously City, as we've seen, <clears throat> they've been the best team in the country. They've the better Hibs in the league. There's always just that some sort of feeling that Hibs have this mental edge over City. Both teams have kind of kind of quashed that a wee bit. We've asked her about it, but. There's just something about Hibs in the Cups and I think they could sneak it, although I can see it going right the way through, possibly edge time and penalties. I see what you've done there. You've not actually picked a side. You've just given a, the, the most like logical scenario that means it's a draw as long as possible. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you credit for that. I'll give you um, a scoreline if you want, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, because to be honest with you, I'd, I'm not entirely sure either. I think what the, one of the things that stood out for me when I've been watching the games back has been that um, City have been creating a lot of chances and, and Jennifer Five has been stopping them, but Hibs have had a couple of chances as well. I mean, when you look back at the the, the two one game, uh, sorry, the three one game, and Hibs had that equaliser rolled for offside, they pulled it back to two two two. So I think if either side goes down, it's definitely not a case of the game being over. But as I said, from a spectacle perspective, if there is that early goal, it might open the sides up. And both sides are very good. I think City are maybe a bit more direct in their play, but that is very effective. And also, they're very good at it, especially, with, as you mentioned, the, the, down the sides with uh, Rich McLaughlin and Nicola Doherty, whereas Hibernian maybe are a bit more working triangles. Um, you maybe see Chelsea Cornette win the ball in the, kind of, the, the back end of the centre circle and then play it forward to Rachel Boyle, who then look to see runs from Kavanagh and Muir and uh, Napier to try and get the play forward. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a great contest. Games at Tynecastle, Campbell. Um Expectation is hopefully it's going to break a record crowd for Scottish Cup finals, looking to push over the 2,000 mark. Um, Tyne Castle, I think we've talked about this already, but we'll talk about it again because we're talking about the Cup final as a whole. I actually think this is, of the two Edinburgh venues, I think if I was picking, after, after doing being to both a couple of times now, I think Tyne Castle is maybe the one that just edges it for me. What's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Tyne Castle's obviously got its reputation as being one of the best trains for uh, fans to go and visit in Scotland, and we've also seen the two games against Dundee United and Partick Thistle, and this will be PL2 this season, as you were saying, they've got crowds of over like 1,600-1,700 uh, combined there, so it's certainly a great venue for that, it's fairly central as well, which sort of gives it the edge over Easter Road, and it's helpful as well for transport links for people getting there, and it's, it's very enclosed, very steep stand, which does make for a good atmosphere, and if you can get a couple of thousand fans here as well, then that should be great, even in such a big stadium, so I think thank you, Castle, yes, a good venue for it. I know you were there at Sunday complaining about Pierce glass boxes, but barring that, I think it's a pretty good venue for the final, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, you don't have to worry about the Pierce glass boxes, but as somebody trying to cover the game and watch it, uh, the Pierce glass boxes, the, if you've never been to Tyne Castle and you're going for the first time, 
in the main stand where everybody will be situated, from what I believe, um, you'll see the press here at the front and you'll see lots of boxes and, and basically they're enclosed. So you can't see over them and you can't see under them. So you've got to kind of duck and dive, but that's that's not for you to worry about. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting, you mentioned it earlier on, Campbell, and I was talking about it with somebody at the, the press conference on Tuesday and um, they were talking about the pitch and actually the pitch at Tincastle isn't, doesn't look as big as, say, for example, Easter Road. And I think that that's quite good in terms of the context because we also mentioned the fact that normally Hibs and, um, Hibs and Glasgow City play at smaller grounds, kind of smaller venues. And I actually think the pitch is not as expansive as, as an Easter Road, for example, um, or even uh, the Excelsior Stadium slash Penny Cars slash whatever sponsorship it's called at that time. So, yeah, I think that's going to be conducive to a good game as well. And yeah, you're right. I think the, the atmosphere thing is going to be good. I mean, there was a, over a thousand at the, the Hearts Partick Thistle game on Sunday. And to be honest with you, when, the, when somebody scored their goal and the music was pumping, it, it sounded great. And I think that's maybe something that was a little bit lost with the, the game at Airdrie at the cup final earlier on in the season. So I, I'm really confident it's going to be a really good atmosphere. I'm confident there's going to be a good crowd as well because it, it seems like there's a lot of people invested in it. Is there anything that you think that you've seen in terms of the, the build-up to the cup final that you've liked in particular? Uh, is there any, have you seen anything done? I know Hibs have done like a, a kind of collaboration with their men's side in terms of a bit of promo video, but it feels like there's not been much crossover from from the men's side in terms of actually saying, here, get to the game and this is how you get to it. Has, has there been anything though that you've seen over the past, apart from leading the line, obviously, quality content, <laughs> but is there anything you've seen that's kind of sparked your interest, made you go, oh, I didn't know that, or oh, that's something that's good to see promoting the game? Um, I know there's also been a few competitions kind of going around, but as you mentioned, Hibs have had this sort of cross kind of thing between the men and women's side, but there has actually been a fair lack of it compared to even if you look at Hearts for getting into last week, there seemed to be a lot more for them, saying there was a game on at Tynecastle as well. So that's maybe slightly disappointing um, from a point of view there of trying to get a big crowd in for the cup final, but there's mainly these competition things, a lot of the football cards and things like that been given away, and obviously leading the line, I don't want to mention again but about that, but it's. It's sort of been a bit underwhelming, in my opinion. I think I don't know obviously what your opinion is on that, but it's I think it could make it could mean been slightly more um, letting folk know there's a game ahead. I think it's been good in terms of the people that are involved in it being involved in it and doing what what can get done. I think that's been good. I think I think um, Hearts have said actually I think what actually happened at the weekend at Tynecastle Hearts won the titles have set a really good bar for this weekend um, in terms of looking to exceed that. And I think um, in terms of the clubs themselves, I think they've done a lot. Obviously, Glasgow City are very active in social media. They rank really highly in the Deportivo Financia's uh, ratings uh, every month. And obviously, Hibs have, have got a really good campaign too, I think. When I've, when I've looked at the one thing that has stood out to me is that the, the Hibs stuff, it looks nice, it's really pretty and it, it looks lovely, but sometimes it lacks that key information of where am I going and how do I get there and how much is it going to cost me? But it's great to see and hopefully there's more and more of that uh, going forward. But yeah, I'm sure both sides will bring a big support. I know <laughs> I know there was a bit of debate as well on Twitter about where everybody's going to sit. Um, so hopefully that's all fine come Sunday. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a really, really good game. Um, Campbell, there was also an announcement this week in terms of, uh, well, actually t- the day we're recording it, announcement of the SWL, SWPL Player of the Month, and it is a Hibs player, and we've talked about it already. It's Jamie Lee Napier. I don't think you can really complain with her. She had a really good October as uh, Hibs scored lots of goals, and she was very much key to that. Yeah, it's been obviously um, key player for times this season. It's her third nomination as well, so she eventually managed to pick up the award, as she always seems to do um, pretty well each month, you're saying. So it's, it's great for her and it's great for Hibs, and it'll give them both a bit of confidence in the game 
on Sunday. The phone number, he's actually this month, we're all fairly solid as well. So it's it's uh, well done to her, obviously, in collecting that award, and hopefully she can um, take that into Sunday and just another big performance as Hibs try to win the cup yet again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I thought it was important to cover it because it's happened and people will see it. So, yeah, it's good to cover it. But uh, the main event is this Sunday, 24th of November, a 10 past four kickoff at Tynecastle Park slash Stadium. What do you call it, Campbell? Park, Stadium, or just call it Tynecastle? I just call it Tynecastle. I think it's usually Park, but I think it's a stadium on the outside on the big office building, but... Yeah, uh, I'll we'll just say Yeah, <laughs> um, So, yeah, it's at Tynecastle, Park slash Stadium slash Tynecastle only. But, yeah, uh, 10 past 4 kickoff at Tynecastle. Tickets are £7 for adults, £3 for children. Under 12, well, three, £3 for concessions, I should say, sorry. Um, under 12 is getting for free. You can still get tickets online via the Hearts website. I'm not really sure if I, I agree with the concept of being a Hibs fan having to go to the Hearts website to get a ticket for it. I understand why, but I can see why there's fans petty enough to get put off by that. Um, uh, and yeah, you'll be able to buy them on the day as well at the gate. Uh, it's also going to be live in BBC Alba, but pretend that doesn't exist because unless you speak Gaelic, you're better just being at the game. It'll be far better. And of course, me and Campbell will be there as well. Um, there is a second podcast coming from Leading Line this week. Uh, I sat down with Rachel McLaughlin and Joel Murray from Glasgow City and Hibernian, respectively, and um, talked about food. So yeah, that's going to drop the day after this. Um, it is good. There is there is match day context, so don't worry about it. It's not just a case of me asking what they had for their dinner, although that is uh, kind of one of the questions I ask. But um, yeah, so look out for that as well. Obviously, there's been lots of content going over Leading the Line over the course of the week. Be there at the game on Sunday. Um, do a bit of work, so we'll see how much I can get across Leading the Line. But if not, there'll definitely be a podcast afterwards um, with myself and Campbell and the glorious return of Stuart Mitchell Sports. So look forward to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, there's an in-joke in there that in fact we always call Stuart Mitchell Sports. But yeah, um, I think that's it for this week then. Campbell, thank you very much for joining me. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Sunday, buddy. Yeah, you too. Um, I obviously can get Campbell at Campbell six underscore two. Get me at MFP Tasty and also leading the line at leading the line. Uh, this podcast will be free to download as well. I want to get this out as much as possible. So if you hear about it, want to listen to it, or want to share it with other folk, then you can do that and share away. Give it a wee five star rating and like it. And that's it. So hopefully everybody has a good time on Sunday, and hope maybe even see you there. Catch you later. <laughs>